0: Let's clap our hands for Jesus one more time. It's all about him. Come on, put your hands together. It's a great day to be in church. Oh, I love your pastor and so glad he's able to take a little time off to just hear from God and get us ready for what God is going to continue to do. It is good to be with my Milestone family. Love it, love it. Want to take a moment to welcome all those at one of our campuses, the McKinney campus, the Hazlitt campus, also those watching online, and then everyone that's watching from a video venue. Thanks a lot for being a part of Milestone Church today. Come on, let's clap our hands for all those that have joined us. That's awesome. Uh, What a great summer you're having here. We're growing closer to God, growing closer to each other. Uh, I'm excited about summer camp. Wow, I'm about to come back for that. Uh, I love me some summer camp. Great time for students have that encounter with God. Make sure you you get your student there. And then all the different ways you can serve throughout the summer. It's always exciting around here. And I'm just thankful for a church. I just want to tell you how much I just love a church that gives a roadmap map to people when they show up here. Talking about people being here for the first time. I was not raised in church. And so when I when I showed up in church, I didn't know anything. Uh, and, and it was, it was a maze to me. And I'm grateful for a church that gave me a pathway. We call it a growth track. Helps you take a next step. Kind of know what's going on where you don't wander around, where you can learn about the church, learn from Pastor Jeff and, and the team here. And then also, it, it, it helps you find friends, which I think is so important in the world that we're living in today, and helps you get on a team where you can serve and make a difference and continue to find the purpose for which you're wired as a blended family, as a single mom, a student. We want to do everything we can to, to help you do. That. I think it's big, and I just want to say thank you on behalf of me Because I I wouldn't have made it in church if I would not have had a next step. And and also a small group, how important that was in my journey. I don't think I'd be here today if it wasn't for a small group of of young men and older men that helped me navigate uh, some of the things that were happening in my life. And you're just that kind of church that helps people, not only here, but I'll just put it on pause for a moment before we get into the message. Just thank you for how you're helping uh, literally spread the gospel around the world. You do it regionally. You do it locally. You're outside the walls of the church. I love what happens in the church. And I was in the four-year early. I love everything happening in the four-year, what happens from the church, our worship time, everything happened with kids, all those kind of great opportunities. But I love what happens from the church. I, I think our best moments are when we leave here and we are the hands and feet of Jesus, you do that on a second Saturday serve or serve day, you just had one of those, and you've become really a landmark church where other churches are learning from you on how to engage their community, and you're you're involved with that. I know Dr. Stacey helps us with that. Birmingham, she was in Birmingham this weekend. We're learning together on how to reach people. And then what you do nationally, uh, you're helping us plant churches. Uh, we'll launch 44 churches this fall in places like Utah and Idaho. Uh, come on, we're launching churches in Canada. Y'all know, there's some Canadians that need Jesus. We launched 1,038 churches the last 20 years, and when you give and you're faithful in the tithe, leadership says, let's go do this other places. Let's go help young couples who have a heart to do this in other cities, other communities. So thank you for letting us be a part of that. And then really globally, we just had a serve day yesterday that was a global serve day. About 2,000 churches around the world were involved with that. We were in places like Australia, Tanzania, uh, Uganda, uh, Moldova, Romania, in uh, Italy and Germany around the United States. And there were hundreds of thousands of people who went out and were in nursing homes and or schools and in their community giving out groceries and, and you help us develop resources for that so I just want to say thank you so you help us build out resources in this serve servolution we call it world where other churches can learn a lot of churches want to make a difference but they don't know how to and so because of your giving and just who you are as a people We just are able to put a resource in a church's hand to say, you could do this in your city. So I just wanna say thank you for that. You've been doing that now for a couple years. And of course, so much of that comes right out of the heart of your pastors. I just thank God for Pastors Jeff and Brandy. They are the real deal. They love God, they love you. Uh, Godly and generous, integrity, a great pastor, great leader. There, probably a week doesn't go by that we don't talk about what God is doing. He loves you. He loves God's word. And he, he just spoke at Church of the Highlands, where I'm also a part of that great church like this one. Uh, he spoke at our conference back in the fall, and I got a little mad at him. Got some beef with him because he preached at the conference. A lot of us preached at the conference, but he was the most downloaded sermon. Mine was not. So I'm bothered by that, but he's a great preacher. Can we clap our hands for our pastors and just thank God for the gift of godly integrity? Have a heart for people. So you're in a good church with a a great team. And uh, we're just honored to be here. It's great to have my wife with me. She's down here. She's Cajun, I'm Italian. Whole lot of activity going on in my life. So that's my wife, Delenn, she's down here. We've been married 33 years, I got it right. And 33 years. It's my girl. It's my girl. So love being a part. I always feel like family when I'm here. Uh, I feel like I'm at at home uh, just because of the atmosphere of this house. I think they make you feel welcome. Uh, When Pastor Steve got up, one of the biggest things, welcome home, welcome home. So that's what we're all about. So I want to dive into the Word. And I love this idea. We're growing closer. We're growing closer to God, getting closer to one another. And I want to talk about that for a few minutes, because I believe one of the ways we we grow closer to God is when we have his heart. And sometimes we need to know, what is the heart of God? What is God like? What is the heart of God? What is God like? And I want to talk about the idea of the one, the one. So let's all pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for what's happening at all the locations. Right now, people watching, we thank you for our pastors Lord, I just thank you for every person that's here. Lord, what an honor it is to open up your word, lean into you, Lord, to celebrate what you're doing. Thank you for such a generous, consistent people. Thank you for a church that puts God first in their life, their time and their talent, their treasure. Lord, we lean into you. Let every person know, God, that you see them. You know what's happening in their life. It's not an accident that we're here in these moments. Lord, you're here with us. Lord, we love you, we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said a good amen. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person. That was your second option now that you know who you are. And tell them, you look like you could use a little church, my friend. My friend. We friends. We friends. I love the New Testament. I love the Gospels that are in the New Testament. The Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, I love reading the book of Luke. Luke is a little bit more of the detailed book. It has more details and uh, thinking about the heart of God, thinking about the idea of the one. Uh, there is a great moment that happens, this window into the life of Christ where Jesus is with the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, they just people that they're mad every day. They mad everyday they do not like nobody. Don't like nobody don't like nothing. They just negative, they always throw in shade. They just, they just mad at everybody. And so Jesus is with them and they ha- and, and they're they're concerned about something. So Jesus tells a parable that has three stories within this parable. It's the story of the prodigal son, it's the story of the lost coin, and then it's the parable or the story of the lost sheep and I'm gonna focus on that lost sheep. And we find this in Luke chapter 15. i read you these verses, verse one through seven. Now the tax collectors, who nobody liked, they were troublesome, and the sinners, sinners, were all gathered around to hear Jesus. Oh, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they muttered, that word muttered would mean complained. This man, this man right here, this man Jesus, who claims to be the Messiah, who claims to be the one that was sent. This man right here, he welcomes sinners. Yes, he does. 100%. You got that one right. You tell a lot of lies, you're not telling a lie now. you 100% correct. Jesus Christ welcomes sinners, and then they, they bring it up to another level. Says, so not only does he welcome sinners, can you believe he eats with them? Because we would never do that. We would never be seen in public. We would do the opposite. We would, we would ignore them. We would, we would reject them. We would want nothing to do with them. And can you believe this man, this holy man, is eating with the, the worst of the worst? Jesus hears all this, of course. He knows what people say. He knows what's happening. So Jesus then tells this parable. Suppose one of you has 100 sheep, 100. Loses one of them. One out of a hundred. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine? He's got a hundred. One's gone. He's down to ninety-nine. Doesn't he leave them? Doesn't he walk? Doesn't he leave them in the open field and and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? I think it's so interesting that that statement that our Savior makes ends with a question mark. Doesn't he do that? He's asking the Pharisees, now that you've started this conversation, now that you've pointed out that I spend time with the lost and the hurting, wouldn't you do this in this story? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. He goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. It's interesting how the Savior identifies that it's his. He's the steward, he's the owner, it belongs to him. I have found my lost sheep and I'll tell you that in the same way, everybody say same way. In the exact same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner, one sinner, one lost person who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. What a great scripture. There's two other scriptures that I think are important and this idea of the one understanding God's heart. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us, all of us, in this way. While we were still sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then probably the most landmark scripture in the Bible, John 3:16, I never get tired of talking about John 3:16. It is a deep well of God's love and grace towards us. I never forget when I was a young preacher, we were starting our church, we planted our church, and I got real excited over John 3:16. We pastored for 20 years in Baton Rouge, and man, I got fired up. I went five weeks on John 3:16. I preached five weeks on one verse. And I got done, I'd given it all I had. I walked off stage and somebody met me at the end of the stage and said, wow, five weeks on one verse. You gotta have more than that on in you. Hmm, made me feel so small. He said, you ain't got any more verses than John three sixteen. Boy, I felt so small. I felt so so uneducated. I went home and prayed and was was started reading all over the Bible, and the Lord kept bringing me back to John three sixteen. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, "How deep is the well of John three sixteen? You could spend your whole life preaching every single weekend on John three sixteen, and you would only scratch the surface of God's redemption and God's salvation and God's heart for the world." I came back to church the next Sunday and went four more weeks. come on somebody. About a nine-week series up in here now. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever, that's a big word, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Can I have a good amen for God's Word? I love those verses. I was not raised in church. Uh, We did not go to church. I don't believe it was because we were wicked or deviant or hideous people and, you know, just full of the devil and, you know, we just didn't know God. We just were, we were work, working busy from a little community called Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Come on, shout out to Dirty Myrtle. And so, uh, where so I was raised Myrtle Beach and, uh, but there was nothing about me that if you'd have seen me at 18 years old, that I would have looked like a potential customer for the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you'd have passed me on a Sunday morning when I was 17 years old, riding to the beach, ride my bike to the beach with my surfboard, headed down to the beach, you would have not looked at me on the way to church and thought, oh, any minute now he's coming to Christ. I was uninterested. I was uninvolved. I was unaffiliated and I would have never come here. I'm telling you, there would have been nothing that could have happened to to cause me to come to church. I never woke up one day in my life and heard my parents say, get dressed, going to church. And again, what? because we were wicked, horrible people. We just worked, we worked the weekends. And so thank God that the church came to me. Thank God that the church went on a search and rescue in their community. And a church like this did a serve day, did an outreach one weekend. And because of that outreach, There was something about the way they handled themselves, the way that they were searching, the way that they were loving, the way that they were sharing and speaking like you do on your serve day or you do on your second Saturday serve day or the way that you were just loving people organically in your community and in your world. There was something about it that that because I wasn't going to make a first move, they made the first move. Do you know there are many people that will not make the first move until we make a move? They're all around us, but if we make a move, they'll make a move. And I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I was lost. I didn't know. And I don't believe lost is a bad word. I think lost is a very valuable word. When I put my trash out on Saturdays and Wednesday, and the truck come by, comes by to get it, and when it drives down the road, I never miss my trash. God love you. <laughs> but if my phone was in that trash can and it was in that truck, I'm gonna hunt that truck down. Because it's lost, it's valuable. I was valuable. Even though I was not looking for God, God was looking for me. Even though I was not searching for a savior, a savior was searching for me. Even though I didn't know him, he knew me. And I think that's the heart of the church. God, God cares about the one. God sees every body. And Luke 15 is such a simple story to remind us of that. They're sheep, they're people. And we get lost easy. We wander away. Sheep, when they get lost, the more lost they become, the more panicked they become, the more fearful they become, the more lost they become. The more they wander off, the more they wander off. And they have no sense of direction. They don't have an internal GPS that that they're able to find their way back. If they're lost, somebody better go get them. And in this story, the shepherd realizes that one is gone, and so the shepherd goes after them until... He finds them. And then when he finds them, he comes back, says, You're not gonna believe it? Wow. Hey, everybody, I found the one that was lost, and now I'm excited. And now I'm thrilled by it. And he gets fired up because he he sought the one that was lost, and it was found. And now let's have a party. I love so many things about church. When I got saved, I got involved with church, and I began to love church, and I loved everything about church. I love the music, and I love all that was happening with students, and I love the preaching. I, I love an idea that we we're multi-site. When you ride, ride on a campus, and you ride into a church like this, and you see construction, the idea of beyond, let's go beyond, let's keep going beyond. Construction tells me that we love people. We're going to create more space for more people, for more connection, and we give to that. We sacrifice for that. We make that a priority because we love people and souls matter. I love all those things. I love the foyer. I love hanging out in the foyer. Man, I'll tell you what, I'm glad they invented the idea of let's serve coffee at church. Boy, thank the Lord for that guy who came up with that idea. I mean, all these different things. I love so many things about church. I love so many things about your church. But I can tell you the heart of your pastor and the heart of this church is when one person comes to Christ. That is why we do everything. Thank God for everything we do. But at the end of the day, every conference and every song and every small group and every expression is about one thing, and it's about reaching that one. Did you know that in 2021, just that year alone, in the calendar year, that at Milestone Church, I want you to see this number. It is massive that at Milestone Church, see this number, that over 1,877 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Those are documented salvations. Oh, clap your hands. Woo! That is massive. The average church in America is like 125 people. That That is big. That's a big number. But when we read Luke 15, it's not just 1,877. Based on Luke 15, it is one times 1,877 because God counts by ones. He does all about 5, 10, 15, 20, about 150. He doesn't count that way. And you're glad God doesn't count that way. You're glad God doesn't count that way, especially if you're the one. You're very glad God counts by ones when you're the one, or your son is the one, or your daughter is the one, or your marriage is the one, or somebody you love that is the one. You're very glad God Almighty, the creator of the world, counts one, one, one. That is one times 1,877, because God's heart is for the one. That's the heart of the church. That's the heart of this house. Because it's a simple principle. And the simple value, the simple value is this. I wrote wrote them down. There's three of them. Every number has a name. Always remember that. Every number has a name. All 1,877, that's a name. It's a journey. And And that's what's important. Especially if it's your name. Every number has a name. How about this? Every name has a story. Oh, so many stories that are so, pre- you have a story. Maybe nobody else wants to hear it. Maybe other people don't value it. Maybe no one else thinks it's important, but you have a story, and guess what? In this house, your story is important. That's why we want you to lead a small group. We want you to be on a team. We want you to be generous. We want to see you in a growth track. Why? Because somebody needs to hear your story. Because there's something about your story that's so unique that it can help somebody. And it can help them become the one. So every number has a name. Every name has a story. And remember this, every story matters to God. And that's just not a vague story. People matter to God. No, 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 it's intentional. So through small groups, through the idea of beyond, let's create more space so that we can better connect. It's intentional through our generosity, through our care. So the Bible tells us in Luke 15 that a shepherd has 100, but then he has 99. He leaves the 99 to go for the one. The other day I was studying Luke 15 and I was at one of our campuses and we have a chapel at one of our campuses, uh, and in and, and the chapel there's a little office, but it's kind of an office bridal room, so it's kind of bumped up. It's really nice, and I go study over there a lot of days because they got really good snacks. And uh, and I'm all about the snack. I know that shocks many of you, and uh, I, brother, love him some snacks. I got a degree in snackology, and and what I love about the snacks over there at that little office is they're all in little mason jars. And it's like it's so cool. It's just a mason jar, and they've all got little like little little chalkboards on the front of them, and they write like pretzels, M and M's, it's just so th- so they got M and M's in there. And I'm I'm a basic M M&M and M guy. I know there's a lot of hazelnut M and M's and a lot of asparagus M and I'm old school I'm a peanut M&M man myself and they had peanut M&M's in there, they were in a jar and I, was, I, I just sat there was looking at them and I thought I wonder how many M&M's are in that jar because I'm about to eat all of them I'm about to count them and I, I counted a hundred so the Bible says that there's a shepherd and he has a hundred sheep one he knows he has a hundred. He knows them by name. John says that the shepherd calls his sheep by name. He knows all of them. He has a hundred sheep, but one of them all of a sudden wanders off, and we don't know why, and we don't know what causes it, and we don't know where he goes, and we don't know what triggers it. We don't know the pain, the trauma, the wandering. The dist- all we know is that one gets lost, and the shepherd counts 96, 97, 98, 99, I had 100. Let me recount. 96, 97, 98, 99, one's gone, one's gone. I had 100, one is missing. You can't even tell I took one out of it. Still looks like 100 to me. 100's not bad. Hey, 99 out of 100 ain't bad. I mean, are you not happy with 99 out of 100? I mean, nobody, you can't even tell it's gone. It, let, me, let me illustrate this. If I'm a car salesman, I got 100 cars to sell, and I sell 99, oh, I'm about to go to Cancun. 99 out of 100 ain't bad. If I got a spelling test, and, and there's a chance to make 100 on a spelling test, and I make a 99 out of 100 on a spelling test, my mother would have considered that a miracle, a documented Miracle. If I'm playing basketball and I got 100 free throws and I make 99 out of 100 free throws, oh, I'm going to the NBA, I'm that good. Who's not happy with those numbers? I'll tell you who's not happy with those numbers. The shepherd of our soul, the shepherd Jesus Christ is not happy with those numbers because he's thinking about the one. And if you're the one, you're glad he's not happy with 99. You're so glad our Savior tells a story and says, I can't just say I'm good. No, no, I'm not good because I've got to find what? The one. So the story says that the shepherd goes and he looks until, until, I don't know how long he looks. You know what I found out? That everybody's timeline is different. I wish everybody got saved the same way. I wish everybody got healed the same way. I wish every marriage got restored the same way. I wish everybody found sobriety the same way. I wish freedom happened the same way to everybody, but it doesn't. Everybody's on a different timeline. But, and, and so our Savior looks until he finds it, and, fi- and he finds it. Oh, oh. And I love what he does, but I love what he doesn't do. He just says, you bad sheep, you're the worst ever. You're the devil. He doesn't do that. I'm so glad he doesn't do that. He puts it on his shoulder and he carries it. Come on, church. He carries it back and he puts it back into the fold. And he calls all his friends and DMs them and gets on Facebook and hits everybody and says, you're not gonna believe this. I had 100, I counted 99, one was lost, but I went and searched and I found the one that was lost and he that was lost is now found. He that was blind now sees. Get over here, we about to have a party like we've never partied because something that was lost is now found. 1,877 we're found oh clap your hands like you're rejoicing because you remember what it's like to be the one don't ever forget what it's like to be the one that's why we love people that's why no matter how big this church gets I'm going to tell you right now the heart of this house the heart of your pastors It's the one. It's just the heart of God. I wrote down, I'll wrap this up, just some four little quick thoughts, application. Here's the first thing. All are equally loved, and I see this in Luke 15. All are equally loved, but the lost of priority. Everybody loved. Oh, we love you. We love you. Love you. I love you. Waterfall of love being poured out towards you. Love you. But the lost are the priority of everything we do. At the end of the day, it only makes sense when you realize we that are found live our life on a search and rescue mission. That's why outreach is so important to this house. That's why you're helping other churches be trained in that area. Because it's a priority. I got three children. I go to Disney World and I lose my oldest daughter. I lost my child, My, my wife did not. I wanna clarify that real quick with her here. I'm fully responsible for losing my daughter. Okay, so, I, so I, I had three. I counted two. Two were with me. I didn't say one, two. I think I'm good. Those numbers are good. Those are good percentages. Run with that all day. No, 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 no. I love those two babies, I love my other two kids, but right now the one that's lost is priority. I love y'all, quit talking to me about Dumbo, I don't wanna hear about a $35 ice cream, come on, I'm bitter about it. I don't wanna hear about all that. Right now what's important is you're helping me to find that which was lost. I love you both, but the priority is your lost sister. So we're all going to do that. All are loved. The lost are the party. Here's the second thing. You are never lost in the audience of God. I just wanted to say that to somebody today. You are never lost. It's easy to be lost in this world. It's easy to be unloved and unnoticed. It's easy to feel not counted. It's easy to feel like you're a face in the masses. But God counts great. God does good math. He knows you. He sees every marriage, he sees every hurt, he sees every pain, he sees you. Don't ever think you're lost in the audience of God. God can point you out, he can see what's, and that's the heart of this church, to do everything we can, to never make you feel, well, I'm just a face in the crowd. No, you're not. We are here to see you become family. That's what we're all about. Here's a third thing that I wrote down. God reserves heaven's loudest noise when one gets saved. That's just a reminder for us. I wrote this in my journal the other day. Hey, Dino, what do you reserve your loudest noise for? The greatest party in heaven is when one comes home. And 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 Jesus said that. So when one person comes to Christ, oh, that is awesome. When Pastor Jeff said 33 people gave their life to Jesus. Heaven had 32 parties. That's an amazing thing to be reminded of in our walk with God. And then the last thing that I think is so important, we reach the whole world by serving the one. Oh, let's be a church. Let's be a mom and dad. Let's be a businessman and woman. Let's be a student. I'm gonna reach the world for Jesus. I'm gonna make a difference with my life. He found me, I'm gonna help find somebody else. I was the one that was lost. He came and found me. I'm going to do everything I can in my life with my time and with my talent, with my treasure to help other people come to know Christ. I'm going to reach the whole world, but I'm going to do it by serving one person at a time. Loving and caring for the one. It's the heart of this house. It's the heart of this church. Uh, About a year and a half ago, I'll never forget, I was dropping my son off to go to the I dropped him off at the airport. It was early, too. One of them early flights. So, like, like, I was going duck hunting. It was like 4:30. 30. He's going back to New York to serve up there to work with the church. And he got out of the car and he just was walking in the airport. I said, Lord, keep an eye on him. That's my, that's my boy. Big old city up there. A lot of people. Keep an eye on him. I left the airport and I was heading back to the house. I had a busy day. Need needed fuel for my truck. So I pulled in a quick little gas station right by the airport. And I know that community well. We have a Dream Center there. We do a lot of outreaches. To be honest with you, this is a hurting community. It's a, it's a, it's a forgotten uh, little part of our city. And, 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 uh, and I was getting fuel. And I looked around. People wandering around the parking lot. I thought, wow, a lot going on this morning. And I realized, oh, it's home. It's the homeless. It's the homeless. And uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm one of the homeless men is walking towards a trash can right here by me, and, and I don't have any cash on me. I just don't have any cash, and I'm trying not to make contact because you know you don't feel awkward. and I don't have anything to give and I hurry, I hurry up, I hurry up I finish up. And I, I go to get in the truck, and man, the Holy Spirit started messing with me. How many knows the Lord wakes up early? And he said, "You're not going to give them nothing, are you?" I don't have anything, Lord, I, you, you know that. He said, well, can you find something and give it to him from me since so you don't want to give him nothing? I said, well, if you to put it that way. I mean, I mean, I didn't know you really heard that prayer I prayed. I mean, really? So I go in my truck, I'm digging through my truck. Oh, y- y- y'all know, you di- I found a dollar in a backpack. I found $2 under the seat. I found two more dollars in the console. I got $5. So I get out, I said, yo, my man, excuse me. I said, I'm, I, I want to give you $5. He looks at me and I said, this is from Jesus. Jesus told me to give you this $5 because I didn't want to give you anything. I gave it to him. He looked at me. I go to get back in my truck. He says this. He says, yo, my man, you going to pray for me? That's a great idea. Since I'm a pastor. I was like, you're now the pastor because I'm going to hell. I ain't worth a dime. What's wrong with me? So busy, so self-centered, so self-aware. I said, man, I'd love to pray for you. And I put my arms around him. I prayed for him. He smelled like the street. You know that. I just loved on him. I got done praying and he said, hey, thank you. He looked at me and said, when you were praying for me, he said, the sun came up early. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, I'm talking about the S O N. I said, Oh, I got you, man. I got you. He said, I've been up all night long. He said, The devil has been tormenting me all night long. You made the sun come up. I got in my truck. And I said, Lord, I ask you to watch my boy. But that's somebody's boy. And that's a one. Help me to care for the one. That's the heart of God. And that is the heart of this church. Hey, let's be that church. Let's be those people. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Father, we thank you that you love the one. You care for the one. You sent your one son to die one death on one cross for all of humanity, but you did it for me. Maybe you're here today and you feel far from God and you feel lost and you feel unnoticed and you feel unseen and you feel forgotten. You feel like you're a face in the crowd. No, you're not. Jesus sees you. All across this room with every head bowed, I'm not gonna have you stand or come forward. Pastor Steve is gonna help you make that next step. But all across this room, if you say, Dino, I feel far from God, I feel lost, I feel like I've wandered off, I feel I feel away, and I need a new beginning, I need a fresh start. If that's you, I'm not gonna have you embarrass you. But if you're here, just say, Dino, can you pray for me? Can you just lift up your hand wherever you're at right now? Just Dino, pray for me. I need a new beginning. I need a fresh start. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone, you know, pray for me. I just need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. You can put that hand down. Just pray this prayer from your heart. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died and you rose again. So today I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Be my shepherd. Be my everything. Thank you for a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for all those who made a decision.